Welcome to Just Life, where we share our life experiences and lessons to make your life easier. We are on a mission to become the best versions of ourselves, and if you're trying to do the same, you're in the right place. Let's talk about life. Welcome to Just Life. I'm Lou, and I'm here with Cicely. Today we have a pretty interesting topic, pretty uh, philosophical, I would say. This is my idea, you know. And we're going to talk about the hollowness of the modern world compared to our predecessors, the people who came before us, and the fulfillment they had within themselves. Of course, modern times and past times have their own unique problems, and every time period is going to have its problems and differences. But there's a unique lack of fulfillment within people themselves today. So I thought we should kind of speak on that and what causes these things. We've had a few guests on, so today it's just me and Lou back at it talking about stuff a little more deep. The hollowness in the world today, it's such an interesting topic because I think the world has always had a little bit of hollowness, but I think it's more amplified today. Well, hollowness has always existed. you got a lot of things that have given to that. Like, For one, for most of history, people just were poor. Most people were poor. And... The United States in particular is in a unique time period where most people aren't poor, actually. I mean, if you make like 30K a year in the United States, you're rich in most of the world, actually. Which is an insane thing to think about because poor people here have like TVs and internet and like working toilet and working lights. Whereas being poor in another country means you like walk on a dirt road to get your food every day. And you don't have a working actually like... You don't have a working toilet. You just use the bathroom outside. You don't have electricity. And in some parts of the world that do have electricity and things like that, it's very limited. And it's something people here take for granted. Um, us Americans, we are very, very spoiled when it comes to that stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just very normal for us. And I think we forget that sometimes. I think that adds to how hollow our existence can be because we focus on these things that in reality don't matter as much as we think they do. I think... The first thing I want to bring up is money in particular. Okay, don't get me wrong. Money is very important to survival itself. You need money to survive. But at one point, is having money more important than the relationships you have with people? Like, What actually matters to you? When you die, are you going to be in your deathbed and be like, dang, I missed out on $40,000. I wish I could have that back. Or are you going to sit there and be like, I wish I had a better relationship with my son or my daughter or that friend I should have made up with. Are the, the regrets people talk about usually have nothing to do with money and have everything to do with relationships. Or while some people even die and never get married or have kids, and that might be one of the regrets. Yeah, you can't take money with you when you die. And I always think of this when I have an opportunity to travel or do something like really big. Money will come back around. And I look at money as more of a tool. Like I have this money, I can use it to better myself or do something fun in my life in some way. I believe, okay, giving up your relations for money, I don't think it's a great thing, especially if it's not beneficial really in the long run for you. I think for most people when they hear this, especially people who don't have a lot of money, they're going to be like, well, of course you say money doesn't really mean happiness or money doesn't mean anything because you might have money or you might come from a privileged background. And that might be true to some extent, but... We take for granted what it really means to have money and to have your problems be solved. Because, I mean, if somebody goes from making $10,000 a year to $100,000 a year, how many problems of theirs will be solved besides economic ones? All their economic problems are solved, mostly. But as far as, like, 
just having a decent life and being around decent people, money doesn't change that fact. Yeah, and you can have all the money in the world and still not be happy. It's more of that balance. Like, yes, you need money to live and have a like pretty full life, but you shouldn't be dependent on money. Exactly. And people get so obsessed with consumerism and following trends that they think that's all that's important. You know, mm-hmm. I got to have the newest car, the newest clothes, the newest shoes, the newest this, the newest that. In reality, it doesn't matter that much. And if you're around people who are so shallow that they need you to have these things for you to be accepted, you're probably around the wrong people at that point. I saw a TikTok the other day and it was like, I can't imagine being in middle school right now and wanting to be popular because you have to buy Drunk Elephant and Lululemon to fit in. In middle school, you always want the new thing. And with TikTok, all this influencing going down our throats, you will need all that stuff. Well, and the new thing changes like every day, too. Yeah. It's not how it used to be before where trends lasted a lot longer. Even when we were younger, I mean, I'm 22, you're 21. We're not that much older than the generation before us, but there's a very big difference in the way trends work. I can remember like iPhones didn't really become like this big thing probably till I was in like eighth grade or something like that where everybody had an Android before like when we were like 12 and 13 and it was fine. Nobody cared. But as soon as everybody got an iPhone, everybody's had an iPhone since, you know, like that trend has lasted. It still is here to this day, which is crazy to think about to me. There's this whole thing now where people won't even text you if your bubbles are green instead of blue, which is an insane thing to even care about. But it's that's just the way it is now. That's one of those trends that's going to be here for a while because that's like a technology trend. Mm-hmm. But have you heard of micro trends? Yeah, I've heard a little bit of micro trends. big in a fashion. It's like you can't even keep up with the trends because it's changing every day. And that's because fashion trends are so much different. There's like a f- fashion seasons, too. So the trends change throughout the year. They can change from month to month. That's why I don't even keep up with that stuff. I just wear what I want. It's not even worth it. Even yeah. with that, if you're trying to like impress people, I think you just have a problem. Like, It's one thing. I, okay, I should rephrase that. Impressing people is fine to some extent as long as it doesn't ever jeopardize your moral character or like who you are. If you have to jeopardize who you are to impress people, I think that's bad. But if you can be who you are and impress people, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think that goes back to the authenticity of yourself. Like you have to express yourself through your clothes and you shouldn't have to have like super, I mean, Looking at people to get some, like, inspiration is different, but you shouldn't be following ev- the person you follow's every move. Yeah, exactly. You need to be you. Do your do your own thing. You can't do everything that person does. You have to do what you want to do. At the end of the day, you have to make these small choices so that you can get what you want and do what you want to do. I think a big mistake people make is choosing money over what they want to do, actually. And like I said, money is important to survival. But okay, say a job has four, one job makes 40K, one job makes 50K. That 10K isn't that big of a difference, actually. It's very minuscule in the grand scheme of things, especially when you consider like taxes and stuff like that. And I mean, what are you gonna do with the extra money, like in reality? My professor said it so well the other day. He was like, yeah, how he said it, but he's like, how much are you going to give away for your dream? Like, how much money will it take to buy your dream for that starting pay? Mm. So, like, we were talking about this before. I want to go into news, but news makes absolutely no money. But if I could get a PR job that makes 30, 40K more, mm-hmm. I, that would be a great start. But 
would I sell my dream for 80k? Like that's nothing in the big grand scheme of things. Well, yeah, because especially with the kind of dream you have, it's like you could make that money back eventually. It's just about where you want to go with that dream. Like that's it. And it comes down to risk too. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So you just have to do what you want and what you think is right in the moment. And, I mean, I know there are a lot of big dreamers out there, but sometimes you have to be practical, too. We all are not going to be a star. We're all, we're all not going to be the athlete, the rock star, the, the big actor, you know? Sometimes it's okay to just settle and do something for the sake of doing something. I guess my whole thing is you shouldn't sacrifice your entire life to make a bunch of money to make yourself feel whole. Because that says something about, like, spiritually where you are as a person you know i've been really into the rocky movies lately and i've seen creed 3 over the weekend and something that always stuck with me is like it's you versus you that's always what it is it's not you versus that person you versus that person it's not you versus your enemies it's you versus you you're your enemy and you have to overcome yourself in order to make the right decisions and to be careful and cool and great to the people around you that's it that's all yeah, I think that's the healthy competition we talk about where you are always trying to become the better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to money, you have to look at it in the right way and is right for you. Yeah, exactly. I think we should shift into like talking about the way people are friends now. Cause I think this is abundantly like clear that people just aren't friends as much as they used to be. I'll just say that. I think the average man has, like, one close friend now. When it used to be, like, five, like, 30 or 40 years ago. When I hear my parents, so my parents are Gen X, grew up in the 70s and 80s, um, went to college in, like, the 90s. Massive difference in the culture around meeting people. Like, when my dad tells me he used to, like, walk up to girls and get their numbers, I'm like, I just DM them, you know, or the way people made friends was so organic where you just made friends because people had similar interests to you and they were around you. I couldn't imagine a day and age where you wouldn't have friends if you didn't leave the house because nowadays you can just text people all the time and you'll be fine. But back in the day, if you wanted to meet people, you wanted to be around people, you wanted to be social, you had to leave the house. You can't jump in a Discord call with a bunch of people. You have to actually go out there and speak. And that was so different, so different so much different that even the communities themselves were insanely different where the way it was set up is everybody knew everybody you know if you live next to somebody you live two doors down from somebody you knew them because the amount of times you left your house and you needed that social connection that social interaction it was always there in the face of like the people next to you all around you and that's who you really collaborated with and that's so interesting to me because i live in an apartment where there are eight apartments inside of this one building mm -hmm. i have never met any of my neighbors and they live two feet across from me mm -hmm. and that's a very normal experience now but if you were to tell somebody that 40 years ago they would not believe you because 40 years ago people legit all knew each other they all talked all the time and if you were celebrating some for example you would probably invite your neighbors because your neighbors are the people you're closest to you live next to them you see them every day just like your family and that's what it was like. Now people are so much more isolated. And I think how this plays into the hollowness of the world is people are less willing to give people chances at being friends because they feel like the grass is greener always. And what I've learned is the grass is not always greener, I'll tell you that. And 
I'll say this. Or it's fake. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm a bit cynical with people in general, but I think what that comes down to is like the bad experiences I've had with people and people being incredibly selfish more than they've ever been, where they'll abandon you at the drop of a hat if you don't benefit them in some kind of way, which I think is a bad way to look at anything when it relates to people, you know? Like being mutually beneficial does not come down to me giving you something material or me like adding something like I have to give you advice for something all the time. It can simply be me enjoying my time around you. And of course, I don't want to be friends with bums or stragglers or something like that, but I think that's different than saying like, you must have this, this, and this to be my friend. As long as you're a good person, you can be my friend. I think that's what matters, as long as we have a good time together. Yeah, we were talking about this in class yesterday, and our professor asked like, what do you look for in a friend? Mm. And I said, as long as they're a good person, like that is the number one factor. And the answer they were looking for was, if it's beneficial to both parties. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like, I was trying, I was starting to think, like, have I ever thought of a friendship that way? I don't think so. Well, it's a very, very shallow way of thinking about friendship. I think that being friends with good people is beneficial to both people anyway, and that's just what comes with it. Because a good person is going to do good by you, and if you're a good person, you're going to do good by them because you care about people and you care about being good. And I I understand, like, you don't want to surround yourself with negative people because you become who you surround yourself with. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think people view their relationships in general like that now, even romantically. We talked about relationships last episode, and I think what really reflects the way we view relationships is discourse online even about, like, what salary should people make to be in certain relationships and how weird that can be because if a person is good to you and then they have a mindset where they're going to do something they enjoy and love. Like if they make 40K or if they make 100K, what's the difference as long as they're decent to you and they treat you well and they're not like a bum or they, they do things for you that somebody else couldn't. The things that make people irreplaceable is not a salary number. It's always the character of a person because sure, somebody who makes a million dollars could provide a certain lifestyle. But if they provide a certain lifestyle and they cheat on you, is that person actually worthy of you? And if you're willing to put up with that, what does that say about you as a person? That goes back to money isn't happiness. I know that's so cliche, but it's so true. I mean, I always think of sick children when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. Like, they would do anything to be healthy. And, like, money cannot fix that. No, it can't. Like, when you... When there's no way that you can survive an illness and all you can do is just sit there and wait for your time to come, is money one thing you even think about? No. No. It's the last thing you think about. You think about how you're never going to be able to see your family, your friends, how you're never going to be able to be a normal person ever again, how you cannot interact with the world in a way that is good for you because of something that you can't even control and you feel hopeless and helpless. It has nothing to do with money. And all the money in the world wouldn't fix that problem. We cannot solve every problem, and money definitely can't do that. The lack of togetherness of people is incredibly interesting just because if it's one thing that makes someone happy, it is having friends. It's having relationships in general, whether it's mentor-mentee or romantic friendship or brother-sister, mother-son. Like All of these things are what make life worth living. Something that really hit me is I seen... I don't even know if it's a quote, but I heard somebody say it like, if you don't have hope, what do you have? You know? Yeah. I always like the saying too, work to live. Don't live to work. Mm -hmm. Don't live for money. Have money work for you in your life. Don't become an object 
yourself to try to get money, you know? One way, I think men do this a lot, where they objectify themselves to just being a check. And that completely destroys their their humanity to some extent. And they only think they're worthy of paying for things or being somebody there that's just like, I make this amount of money and I do this. Or it's like, your humanity is never acknowledged in a way. And you do it to yourself. And it sucks. And it leads to poor mental health and poor... Uh, a poor ability to identify who you are and what you are about. Because what happens when you retire and you don't make money anymore? What are you going to do then? Like, who are you? You're not a check anymore. What are you going to do then? And I think something like that is really what leads to, like, high male suicide rates even. Because men's, comp- like, entire identity is based off of a job title and the amount of money they make. And sure for the first 40 years of your life that's fine but then once you get 40 45 your kids not in the house anymore it's just you and maybe a spouse or maybe you and your spouse didn't work out what do you do then you know what what is your identity i think women do a much better job of knowing who they are outside of that in general and i think just being social they have a better way of going about it yeah i i agree with that 100 percent. i think Men are seen as a check, and that definitely leads to poor mental health. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. It's it's an interesting dynamic, and it can be tough, you know? Like, the world itself is hard. Everything about it is hard. Nothing is easy, ever. Even people in privileged positions have tough things they go through. And we shouldn't diminish people's... We shouldn't diminish people to these things that people are people, they're humans, whatever you are and whatever you do. And when we constantly put this pressure on people to be something, like a thing, actually, it leads them to just dire results. I think this is why mental health issues are becoming even more of a problem. And people are like, well, maybe mental health issues were always around and people are just talking about them now. And I'm like... I don't think so. I think people were a lot more grounded before, actually, and people were just okay with being normal. Now everybody feels like they have to be special, which is toxic in its way. Everybody isn't special, you know? Some people are just normal. We have things that make us stand out that are unique to us, but that unique thing is also represented in 100,000 other people. We're not the only person ever to do something, and that's okay. Yeah, that is so true when it comes to, like, hustle culture. we all have to like hustle to be the best and work and make the most money. Like, why? Who's t- who told you that? And I think it stems from early education when everyone had to receive a trophy. Everyone had to be the best and everyone mm. had to get straight A's. Well, everybody's not a winner, right? A lot of us are going to be losers. If, they're, if we're all playing a game and only one person can win and it's ten people, nine of us are going to be losers and one's going to be the winner. But you have to be okay taking losses, you know? Like, everybody can't be the millionaire. Everybody can't be the boss. Some people just have to be the follower. Some people have to be willing to stick it out and take their losses eventually so they might get their own W. But you have to work hard to get there. And I think that's definitely one of the problems that came about early on, like getting participation trophies. For for what, you know? Like, what are we really doing? What do you teach kids with something like that? Of course, I'm not blaming it all on that, but – I think part of the problem is we all got told we were special. And then when that didn't happen, we were like, well, what now? Like, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you do about that? How, do you, how did you ground yourself when you did take a loss? I, I was going to ask you, how do you stay grounded? Like, how do you find yourself trying to f- find fulfillment in the world? Um, 
God. That's the only thing that really keeps me going. Mm. Well, like, say more. What do you mean by God? Like, how does your faith lead to you finding fulfillment? I just know that this life is our first life. And I know that there is something bigger than me. So as long as I live the life that God wants me to live, Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. Mm. Okay. I like that. I think for a lot of people, that's exactly what that is, too. As for me, it was always this thing of, like, fulfillment, it never comes from material. And the only reason I know this is because... I've had many material things anyway. What's always brought me the most joy has always been people and experiences and not necessarily an item or a piece of clothing or something along those lines. It's always something that's connected to like an experience of some kind, whether it's alone or with people. I think even our loneliest experiences have something to do with people because we always want to tell someone about something we went through. You know, whether it's positive or negative. When you go on a trip, what do you remember? Do you remember what you're wearing? No, you remember who you were with and what you were doing and why you were having fun. And then once you get back home, you want to tell everybody about all the things you did. Yeah, not not what you're wearing or what you bought or how much money you spent. Maybe, but (laughs) complaining, (laughs) not because. Exactly. You want to let the world know what that means, you know. I just, I see a generation of people that don't have any fulfillment, Gen Z and millennials specifically. And I think it has a lot to do with the lack of relationships we actually have with each other and with the people older than us. It's like, we almost have this beef with like boomers and Gen X to some extent because they were our parents and we just think they did everything wrong and we think we're always right and we don't want to, establish anything with them that's meaningful because we think they just won't get it but the best thing about that is trying to have the conversation is the most important part trying to understand is the most important part you know and there are plenty of people that are millennials or gen z that make a bunch of money who are miserable and have nothing to show for it just misery and pain you know they have nothing that they actually care about and when you put that in perspective it's like do you really want to make a bunch of money but have nobody to talk to anything, talk to about anything, you know? Yeah, and I think we've isolated ourselves. And I don't know why we do this, but we pin all the generations against each other. The millennials, the Gen Z, the baby boomers. I don't know why we do that. I think it's a natural thing of being a part of a group. You know, you just kind of blame somebody else for all your problems. Like, very normal thing to do. We victimize each other and then... Yeah. Act like it's nothing, you know. I I saw this shirt on the front. It says, your generation is so entitled. And the purpose of the shirt is to have people be like, oh, I've heard that one before. Have the older generation be like, yep, you guys are so entitled. But then on the back, it has like the average cost of living, the average rent, college tuition from 1980 to 2020 or 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is a massive difference. Massive difference. I mean, think about it like this. In the 90s, $60,000 was like a really good salary. Like you were living good if you made like 60K or more. 
you make 60k or more now and in some places you can't even like survive especially if you live in a big city you can't make 60k and live by yourself for the most part now if you live like in rural areas 60k is a lot of money actually which is crazy but man my dad was telling me how he got out of he came out of grad school was making like eighty thousand dollars in the 90s and eighty thousand dollars in the 90s is probably equivalent to closer to like 120k or something like that now like massive difference inflation and all those things but with that like there's there's almost i think there's been like a stagnant of like wages even though cost of living has went up and tuition and food and wages have stagnated and it sucks and our generation can have to deal with that but hey like you know we aren't the first generation to go through something like this and we're not going to be the last there have been many years of prosperity but with that because things are turning bad for us with money and we aren't buying homes and we aren't necessarily having families, that doesn't mean we have to be resentful and that doesn't mean we have to be spiteful and forget about other people, you know? We get so caught up in our own little world sometimes that we just forget about all the people around us, you know? And I think that has led to us not being friends with each other, us not wanting to speak to each other, us feeling isolated all the time, you know? I mean, we disqualify people for reasons like I mean, what, crazy reasons like political views or sometimes for the color of their skin. And that's always existed. But it's like we're now we're so extreme, we just take it to the next level. And we just end up lonely and depressed and not knowing what to do. Where I see my parents' generation, as crazy as they are and the problems they have, they were so much more grounded. And they always have friends. And whenever we go places, they meet like, they see like five people they knew. And I'm like, I go places and I see nobody I know. You know, like that difference. Wow, it's insane to me. Yeah, that's definitely something that our generation differs from the past generations. And I think we think we are so connected because social media and texting and all that, but we are the most lonely generation. By far, I mean, how many of us are really, how many of us have really actual friend groups, you know? How many of us are in relationships, actually? Like, not a lot. How many of us are really going out there and meeting people and having fun and trying new things? How many of us aren't just sitting in front of our computer and just typing away or watching stuff or, like, indulging in uh, social media and all of its benefits? How many of us aren't doing that? Like, a lot of us are, you know? Most of us aren't in relationships. Most of us aren't some of us aren't even working you know like we're just stuck and that is something that our generation has to deal with too is the working environment we have this uh, stigma that we don't want to work and i met an owner of a business in valpo she came in and talked to us and she brought up a really good point she says we do want to work but we want to feel appreciated we want to have good benefits and just feel valued yeah there's always a different relationship that the older people have with work because there's just a cultural difference i think this goes back to us feeling special to some extent too i think it's a good thing to you know know you want your benefits and know you want your appreciation but one thing i've realized is you do not get a lot of appreciation no matter what you do it's that's just a fact of life you know whether you're a good boyfriend, a good friend, a good a good worker, a good student, 
you do not get recognition like that, you know. There are probably plenty of straight-A students on this campus right now who get dean's list every semester, and nobody really cares that much about the fact that they get good grades. It's just that that's just expected of them, you know. And life works like that in such a weird way where you don't always get rewarded for being good. And I think that's made our generation so cynical. We think to be good means to get rewards. To be good means to be good for the sake of being good, though, you know big difference and I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be appreciated or wanting benefits necessarily but you shouldn't do something because of what comes with it like glory you should do that for the sake of trying to be good we ought to be better in that way you are wanting an outcome and that's why you're doing it just do it to do it exactly too much of our realities are obsessed with outcomes so much that like okay I'm a Okay, I'm gonna use some, I guess, some philosophy terms here. Okay, there's a means to an end, right? Like, we all know what that means, right? You do something to get somewhere. The problem is we, we should do these things as an end in itself, which means we should do these things as the thing that we're striving for. So, say you wanna give a homeless man something. You shouldn't record yourself giving a homeless man $10 or something like that, because obviously you're using it as a means to get attention which is the end you should give the homeless man something because you think that's the right thing to do which is the end in itself so i mean philosophically speaking most people are pretty cynical in general and don't see a reason to do things when nobody's watching because they think that the only benefit to ever doing anything nice is because other people are watching and because they'll praise you and it'll raise your social status the reality is your social status isn't that much more meaningful than you think it is. It might improve your life in maybe small ways, but it's not enough where your life will be like substantially better because you did all these good deeds in front of people. That reminds me of the Black Mirror episode where they have ratings on their phones. And anytime you do something good or someone sees you do something like It'll up your status Mm -hmm. and people can rate you. And the people who have five star ratings get better treatment and better stuff. But they were only doing these things because people were watching them. And behind closed doors, they were actually terrible people. Yeah. And I feel like for some people, that's just the way it goes. You know, people are model citizens in front of others, but are actually pieces of trash in reality, you know. And then obviously, a lot of us are in the middle. A lot of us aren't good or bad people, just neutral. I feel like most people are good to some extent. You know, I agree. I think on a scale of one to ten, most people are probably like a six or a seven. You know, we're not like a four or like a terrible person or like a one. We're somewhere in the middle, but not terrible. You know, and it's nothing wrong with that. Just being okay. I just dislike when I see videos of people like, oh yeah, I'm gonna record myself doing this thing for this person who needs my help because it's gonna and. I don't want to hear anybody be like, oh, well, they're just posting it for themselves. No, you don't have to do that to get some kind of recognition. The person you're doing something for will recognize you if they're grateful, and that's all that matters. But yeah, I think I've beaten this topic to death, actually. Yeah, we, this is one of those for me that's really touchy. I think about stuff like this too much. No, it was good. It's very interesting. Um, this has been Just Life with Blue and Cicely. Thank you for listening. See you next time.